Hello and welcome to Bobblehead Podcast. We're glad that you're here. Uh, today, we're continuing our series of answering uh, listener questions. And so we've got two more in. And so we're going to cover the one today that um, the question is, and I'll just read it because I was about to do, is how do you teach your kids lessons without feeling overbearing? So we dive into that. We go, we go quite a quite a ways down the rabbit hole about some of this stuff. But I think that if you have kids or you're at home with kids or kids are gone or whatever, you're going to really relate to a lot of this. And uh, so I'm really excited to uh, get your feedback on what you think about that and what you think about some of the things that we discussed. So we're glad you're here and let's go. Oh, yeah, that's that's where you wear your workout sh- uh, yeah, socks. Absolutely. Yeah. Or army green socks, but whatever. That's whatever. Just, we're just, you know. Minute details. We were, we were speaking of uh, spirits earlier. Mm-hmm. You know what I would love to do? And I, I don't, there's very, I think you were talking about gin earlier. I think I heard you talk about gin. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, I think that there's an open in the market for another gin. I think it'd be really fun and a huge drain of money to start a gin brand here in Texas. I know that, again, the good thing about a, a gin, it's like vodka. Like, it doesn't have to be barrel aged. Right. No, it, it, you, you just you distill it, you do your thing, and it's done. Botanicals and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's getting the right amount of botanicals, you know, the florals versus, you know, it's got to be, for me, it's got to be super clean. It's got to be super, it's kind of like, you know, when you have Tito's, right? Tito's, mm. Tito's is simple, and it's, but it's, it's very clean yeah. vodka, right? And so everything mixes well with Tito's. Um, and gin's not something, and gin's one of those things where very few people drink it straight. So it's usually mixed with something. So the cleaner you make it, the more whatever you put in it stands out. So I think you could do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I think there's the been gin. such a big push for the super botanical stuff. Yeah. But the problem is that only pairs well. Like th- th- those, th- that flavor can clash with a lot of different it can. things, right? And yeah. I think that's where, like, when I mix stuff, I like botanist more than i like i like, I like botanist it's it's super simple there's right, nothing it, to it's it it's not near as yeah. botanical it's, as, uh, it's, as the, it's the vodka gins yeah, yeah it's just that you know and, and i've gotten to the point where i think i told you this I, I i don't drink vodka hardly at all anymore i pretty much replaced everything that i did mix with vodka to which in oh really mm-hmm. huh i can see that so at the game the only thing they serve is bombay okay gin i don't it's okay don't love it it's a little bit it's a, it's a drier right drier gin i think <sighs> I don't know, man. It's almost got a weird taste to it. It's not bad. It's just not clean. Some of that stuff gets real, I think, pine needle The dry gin, you know, like beef eater, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the, the English style. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, to me, it's like munching on a handful of pine needles. That's, that's strong. <laughs> that's strong. I like that. Um, but again, I, I think the, the most important thing with a gin and tonic, Self and I were talking about that, is the tonic. Oh, no. It's 80% even, of the damn drink. Not even close. Like it, it has it, to be. It literally is 80% of the drink. A, a fever tree or a cue or something like that. The gun. Yeah. If all, if all they got is gun tonic, I won't drink yeah. it. Really? Mm-mm. Okay. Who was It's who, a little bit too like, sticky sweet. Who else was it? There was like, um, is it out of the gun? Oh, it was the Mori. Okay. Mori will not do tonic out of, a, out of a gun. I actually, when I go to bars, that if, if I'm worried, that like, I'll actually bring my own bottles of tonic. <laughs> no, I won't do that. You will, I'm you not that not. far yet. You do not. <laughs> I told you we, we had uh, a wine tasting the other day with a guy, um, a friend of mine's friend, California, and uh, he wanted to bring his own glasses, his own wine glasses, because when they wash a wine glass, 
the soap residue, some people's nose is so sensitive and their taste so sensitive that they can taste the soap. I am not that guy. No. And, and not because I think it's douchey, because I just, I don't, I can't taste it. But even Greg was like, yeah, I'd, usually what I'll do is I'll wash them. They wash them separately at Grady's. They'll do kind of a separate wash thing with them. And he goes, I, before I pour one, I actually, you'll see me s- smell the inside of a glass to see if I smell soap in it. I, but I, I would never take a glass. I don't care if, if it's at my house, do what you want. Right. Yeah. But man, you're at somebody else's place. You're there. And it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like looking a gift horse in the mouth. Right. You know, it's like, you're, you're offering me this for free for, for my enjoyment and I'm going to bring my own glasses. But then again, some, you know, some people have their own bowling shoes too. Yeah. But you don't bowl at your house. I mean, if you do, they, you got a whole different, you that's a whole different, different set of problems. Yeah. You know, I love wine. You know that. Like, yeah. I, but I 100% lack the refinement to be able to pick up the nuances of wine. Like yeah. I hear people talk and I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, yeah. I, I like it because I like it. Yeah. I couldn't really articulate to you why I like it. Mm-hmm. I just, I like it. And I think some people have the ability to have that skill and, and, it, and some of it's God given. Right. So we were at the F1 race and the guy sitting next to us was from Lafayette, Louisiana. And he got his Psalm just because he wanted to like 20 years ago. And he goes in a room of a hundred people and they're all, you know, 99 of those people are, you know, they're like in the hospitality industry. And so they're trying to get their Psalm. He's only one that's not, he's in there just cause he likes doing it. Huh. And all these people are like, I've got to get this or I lose my job. And he's like, I don't really care. But he goes, man, I, I picked, he picked like 18 out of 20, like knew what the wine was, picked it. You have to, what, what's the varietal? You have to pick um, what part of the world it comes from. Um, and then the average, the year within three to four years of the vintage and then I, I don't where it came know. from. And he goes, I missed where it came. I missed where the wine, the actual chateau or the winery where it came. He goes, I didn't know that on two of the, two of the 20. And he goes, but and he goes, and it sounds like a douchey thing. He goes, but I can, t- I can literally taste the difference. Huh. And he goes, some people can't, but he goes, for me, he goes, my, my mind works that way. And so it's easy Which for cool. me. I'm yeah. not that good at anything. Like there's, there's, now, I'm now not that you think about it, I'm, I'm really not either. I'm really not like yeah. you, you, the things that I love the most in life, I couldn't tell you to that level of detail about yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. We're, then again, our knuckles drag when we walk. Yeah. And, and again, I've never, like, I'm a human sledgehammer. We've, we know this well, but I, I, I'm not that nuanced at anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything. <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> Are we I, recording? I think I'm, we're always yeah. recording. Okay. I, I don't even know what our topic is. Yeah, I, we'll we'll get that here in a minute. But dude, I gotta I gotta tell you, do you, do you want to give do you want to give the topic first? Oh, Jeez. continue on then. I will look on my phone. So you know, Squattober ended. We haven't really talked about Squattober, but yeah. it 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 ended, and we'll we'll get to Squattober here in a second. But Tim, I I I made a power white middle class <laughs> middle aged American move yeah. last week. Okay, bro, I got a Peloton. <laughs> okay i feel like i've hit the pinnacle of, of, of you, you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of so so let me i'm, I'm going to digress and then come back to this okay. so with squat so 
I know this, but I want you to say it because I'm proud of you. Yeah. So you worked really hard all month and you have a cage in your back, which is unique. That's a sure. skill that nobody has. Very right, few yeah. people have. Um, so I hope you, you hit, you hit a pretty good number. Yeah. So basically the way that Squattober works is you, it's ran by a company called Sornex and it's a big thing on Instagram and kind of all over the world. There's a lot of football programs that follow it. And just to be clear, it's Squattober. Squat so it's literally for squatting with weights. Those of yeah. you that don't know. You squat five days a week. Okay. Got and it. you do a whole bunch of other stuff with it. Right. And you basically start with your one rep max mm -hmm. and then you take a training percentage 90% of your, they call it your training max. Mm -hmm. And you just work out pretty much all month, five days a week. You're doing squat, deadlift, bench press. Right. Lots of heavy stuff, high volume, low volume, a good variation. And then at the end of it, you retest squat and you retest bench press. Mm -hmm. And I think I had my one rep back squat at like 365 or something like that. But caveat that I haven't squatted that much since my back surgery, mm -hmm. right? Like again, I've got rods and screws and all kinds of fun stuff in my back. So there's just, there's just some hesitation to be able to do that. Sure, yeah. And, and frankly, it, it, my back would feel unstable. I'd get to a certain weight and I would feel almost like my back kind of like trying to shear against itself, which was a super weird feeling. Like before, I hope before surgery or after after. Okay. Cause again, there's screws and rods and all kinds of stuff. And like the bone is fighting against it. And you just hit a point of like where it feels unstable and it's so bad. But then, so I, I hadn't squatted. I set it at 365 cause I know that I could probably get somewhere yeah. in there mm -hmm. and I squatted 445. That's amazing. At the end of Squattober, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's the most, it's the most weight I've squatted in a long time. You know, yeah. for a 41 year old dude, I was pretty proud of that number. And yeah. then I bench pressed the next day and I got up to 385 on bench press, which again is a number that I don't know if I've ever benched that much in my entire life. I don't know that I've squatted that in my whole time. And, like, and that was nothing but a pride slash ego kind of thing. Sure. And I showed you the video, like talking yeah. smack to my kids the whole time. Oh, that was know, like, to me, that was the best part, right? <laughs> you know, cause again, you know, senior football player and strong and all that kind of stuff. And so I just wanted to get above his one rep max and I crushed it. That's awesome. By the way, congratulations. Thank you. But the reason I bring that up is it may remind me because you've done all this heavyweight stuff mm -hmm. and then you went and got a Peloton, yeah, which is one step above you going to yoga, which I'm a huge yoga fan. Don't get me wrong. If you're sure. listening to this, I'm all about it. Right. But from a, a He-Man grunt, like move things, it it's four steps down the ladder going to a Peloton. To the, yeah. To and, the, and you know what it reminded me of? When you had your back surgery, I don't know if it was Wells or somebody, had Robert Frank send uh -huh. you a video. I've still got it. And, and it said, because uh, he told him that you got hurt <laughs> doing Pilates. Yeah. Right? And so my th first thought when he said, hey, I, I got the Peloton, was, man, you're going to go through all this stuff and you're going to wind up Tanner and ACL getting your foot out of the clip on and, the Peloton. And those those clip those clips are no joke. It, by it, the way. it takes a while for them to loosen up, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you got to be careful. Back at the store where when we got ours, they you know we said, hey, what about injuries? What he goes, most of the injuries occur from getting ACL injuries from taking your feet out of the the clips from twisting because you're twisting it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and we've got a our our entire basically garage is the gym. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very dungeon like, did right? you win by the way? No, no, I don't get to that here in a second. I'm like, let's just put the Peloton down there. Mm -hmm. And Lisa was like, no, no, like those, those steps. Like I, if, if it's down there, 19 steps, by the way, if anybody's counting, um, I'm, I just, I won't use it. Does she listen to this podcast? I, I, I don't know. We, can we block certain users? I don't know if I feel like <laughs> Sophia IP address can be blocked or not. If not, honey, just for you. fun, I may or may not send her the link, <laughs> but she was like, it needs to go in the office. And I was like, it needs to go downstairs. And it's in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you that. Yeah, but it's it's perfect there. And again, like it, it 
whatever. But it's, it's I did my first workout like on it. it, and I've done Peloton a couple of times before. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that'll break you off. It's real. Yeah, yeah. I did a thirty-minute hit hill. Kind yes. Of thing. And is it the one? Is the one I told Mike I about? Think so, I think so. And, and so I'm like, I'm tearing through this thing. I'm like, I'm balling out. Like I'm, I'm yeah. number number twelve in the class or whatever the number is, right? And like of people oh, that yeah. are doing it at this time. Uh-huh. And I made the mistake of clicking on the all time list. Oh yeah, man, that'll hurt your feelings in a in a in a. Well, especially where we came from the CrossFit world, right? right. Where you've got to be top of the, you know, top of the list. It's very competitive. And man, you got, you got 60, 60 year old mom. It's her 500th ride and she's just wasting you. Yeah. I, I think it was at like 3,286 all time. I'm like, man, like. You probably did better than I did. I did one, a hit. I did one, I guess I was telling you and Mike about. It was like 5,400 people. It's a hard class. 5,400 people had done the class, which is not a whole lot. And I think I was 4,100 and I, I didn't look at it till I got done. I'm like, man, I crushed that. You know, I, I mean, I, I went to a dark place a couple of times to get this thing in. I crushed that. And I looked at where I was and you talking about a big O I took two tablespoons of humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it is, it is fun to have it. And again, I feel like I can flex on social media and stuff now that I have a Peloton. I, I, I really do feel like it's a, it's a it's a middle aged white middle class power move. Have you got your hashtag on there yet? No, I, I think I'm gonna go with hashtag beers after. I saw that one. I kind of I kind of yeah. dig that one. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm in my nascency, if you will. I learned that word from somebody else. Nascency, it's like infancy. Did Cody teach you that? No, okay. <laughs> the overlapping ellipses. Oh, okay, yeah. that's get it. Sure, got it. Absolutely. Well, just you need just you don't have to do this, but just I'm trying to promote the podcast. If you look online, it's hashtag Bobblehead Podcast. Is it really? Okay, it is. I'll yeah. put that on there for sure. Just you know, yeah, that and, and, and middle aged loser. I, I wonder if some of our listeners surely have a Peloton. Oh, I'm sure they do. A lot, it's amazing how many people do. Yeah, and so I'm I'm my username is Ranger DM R A N G E R okay. DM. So okay. look me up on there. We'll we'll ride the Alps together. Yes. And have hashtag beers after while listening to a hashtag bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny what we do nowadays, right? But it's um, it's where we are. Yeah, it's, like it, it is what it is. All right. So you, you want to jump into the, so, I'll tell you what, let's digress one more time. We are in the middle of, I think we did two podcasts. Last two podcasts have been about user, uh, user um, questions from listeners. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I think we have two more. And so we're going to jump okay. into these. So we're just going to. Ta- and these are kind of fun because we we don't know. I mean, you guys saw it in real I'm time. I'm about to read it to you. Yeah. Right. So you're you're getting this from the heart, which you, if you didn't know it already, you're getting all of it from the heart. Because every <laughs> yeah. podcast we do, we talk about what we're going to talk about right before, which actually works out better. Sure. Um, so the question uh, that's up now is, how do you teach your kids lessons without feeling overbearing? And maybe that how without being overbearing or feeling that you're being overbearing. I think it's without being overbearing because yeah. it, we don't feel as though we're being overbearing when we no. are being exceptionally, absolutely. Yeah. Exceptionally overbearing. Yeah. Um, man, and, and you talk about being in the middle and you and I are in the middle of it at different, different yeah. points in life, you know, and, and the, the example I always use is, is Peyton mm-hmm. and some of the stuff he's going through with school and recruiting and stuff like that. And, and just as an example is we're, we're going through a lot of the recruiting stuff and posting to Twitter and, and he got extremely upset that a Twitter post went out without his approval right and it's yeah but but it's it's to the coaching and recruiting and all that kind of stuff so he deleted the tweet and that happened in fairness that happened about 45 minutes ago who who, who put the tweet out there his mom okay yeah and and she's kind of taken over 
the recruiting and you know mm-hmm. very very into it. Mm-hmm. And again, like, there's there's a science. It's there's a lot of marketing that comes with oh, with, yeah. with getting recruited for college football. Um, so he deleted the tweet because he's mad that nobody asked his permission first. Hmm. So you talk about a perfect example of of diving into teaching somebody a lesson. Yeah. Without without being overbearing, because like my first thought is like I'm like I want to snatch him up by his neck and be like, son, like you you don't realize how profoundly stupid that was in the moment to do that. I get right. that your feelings were hurt, but like out of a snap knee jerk reaction, you did something that that ultimately is going to have consequences because all these coaches were tagged in this thing. It's typically what happens. They're going to click on it now, and, and gonna the post is going to be deleted. Right. So I'm like, yeah. So there's a situation, and I could use your advice in real time yeah. <laughs> for how to. So to help him have his mom put together him. a folder of all the stuff and call him over to the house and just hand it to him and go, hey, evidently you know how to do this better than I do. And so I'm going to give you this. And when you decide that, if you decide that you want my help again, I'm happy to help. But we're going to lay down some ground rules of how that's going to work. Yeah. But here it is. You do it. You know, and, and I think what I'm finding out in this situation specifically, because of course I'm like, I'm dad. So I'm like, son, that and, was and dumb. It's, and it's your deal, not your deal, right? right. It was dumb, right? Yeah. Like, and, and pointing that out, but I think the importance of it, and again, I'm learning this as I go, is like, they are, they have an emotion associated with why they did it, right? Mm-hmm. Whether he's scared, whether he's nervous, whether he's mad, whether he's sad, whether it's whatever emotion is directly tied to, to, to the rationale behind his decision. And it's allowing them to get past, and maybe it's just time. I don't think any words in that moment are going to, are going to bring him past yeah, it. they're not. You just kind of have to step away and be like, all right, dude, you got what you wanted. Yeah. Congratulations. And just step yeah. away. Yeah. And let them detach the emotion from the action mm-hmm. and then come back and help them learn later. Right. Because, you know, me, like, I'm, I'm like, we're going to learn this lesson, like, in, in the moment, like, right now. Mm-hmm. And the, he's my boy. Right. Yeah. He's just like his grandpa's son. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny you bring that up, talking about the emotion part. And. Um, and I agree with you. And that was exactly when I, when I first read that, that was one of the first things that came to my mind is, you know, you don't, the lessons don't come during the emotion. Yeah. Right. And lessons can only be learned with pain. Um, and we've talked about this in the podcast a million times. We never learn good lessons when we win. And we only learn our most valuable lessons when we lose or we fail or we do something stupid or whatever it is. But until the pain of that sinks in and we feel that we won't ever really take in or take that lesson to heart. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, in this situation with him until it comes to, you know, it's almost, and you hate it because you, you don't want your kids to miss out on something. In this case, he could miss out on some recruiters. Right. Um, but until the reality of that happens or he thinks that's going to happen or, begins to process that that'll happen, the lesson will never sink in. So it's got to, he has to begin to feel the pain of what he did before the lesson can be learned. And, yeah. and none of us, even as 56 year old guys are open for lessons until the pain is there. Right. Because it's somebody else. It goes back to the difference between education and wisdom Yeah, is I can tell you all day, don't do this, don't do that. And that's education. But until you go through it yourself, then it won't become wisdom, right? It sinks in because once we feel that pain and we learn from that, say, I don't want to go through that again, then it doesn't really store in the parts of our brain that are quick twitch, right? Yeah. That, that come quickly to us. Um, and so for me, you know, 
the, the answer for that for me is, you know, how do we how do we teach our kids lessons without being overbearing? Is is almost sit back and just wait. Yeah. And and as a, you know, there's there's some and there's a difference between discipline and lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Is sometimes we have to discipline our children because we have to be consistent, right? You be home at ten, you'll be home at ten, and that's the rule, right? It doesn't matter why or what. That's the rule. I can tell you why, but it may not matter to you, and it doesn't matter because the rule is you're at ten. If that's your rule, and you've got to be consistent with that, but that really is not a lesson, right? There's no lesson in that. The lesson is, the lesson is when you disobey, when you get in at ten fifteen, there's consequences to that. But that's that's a lesson. That's a lesson in in discipline, right? But that's not a that's not a lesson. What we're talking about today, right? Lesson is what am I going to take with me for the rest of my life? I want to I want to teach my kid. We talked about this on the podcast. I want to teach my kid how to fish, not literally fish, but instead of doing this for you, I'm going to be patient and do this with you, and you try it and mess it up ten times before you get it right. But once you get it right, you got it the rest of your life, right? And so that's the kind of lessons I'm talking about. So in this case, in this example of Peyton, God, by the way, bless that kid. He gets talked about on this podcast all the time he really does i mean he really is and i hope he doesn't listen because it's going to get in his head <laughs> but it, it's a really good example because you know if you talk to him now he doesn't get it he's going to push back he's emotional about it he's gonna be defensive about it ego egotistical about it it's not the time um you almost have to let it go let it pass and let him feel some wait until he feels some kind of a pain and the reality is man it may be six months right you know, and, and um, but the best examples and the best lessons are taught when he comes to you, dad, I need your help. I did this and this is what happened. And it's not the time to scold them, but it's the time to work through that with them. Okay. Well, tell me what went wrong. Tell me why this happened. Let him process that. Right. It's like, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. But until you touch the stove, you're never going to completely understand why that's a bad thing to do, right? right? Well, and it, it's a blessing and a curse, right? They get to live their life unencumbered by like the forethought of being able to understand the consequences of their actions, right? Mm-hmm. And kids, and, and I, we all go through just at different stages of our lives. And yeah. even as a 40 year old man, like I don't have the ability to predict consequences from my actions like you do at, at your mm-hmm. age, right? It's it's part of the, the, again, the blessing and the curse that comes along with wisdom of life and experience right. and repetition and things like that. And so, you know, we try to force them in the moment to be able to predict the future about what it is that's going to happen. Right. But their brains aren't that developed yet. They're not that far in life yet. He doesn't have the ability, no matter how much I force it and what text I send or what email I send or what phone call I, the words that come out of my mouth on a phone call, he's never going to be able to get it until he experiences it and has the ability to look back yep. and learn a lesson. Lessons happen by looking back. Lessons don't happen by by trying to predict the future, especially when you're an 18-year-old kid. I totally agree. And that's, you know, and and people ask me a lot about kids and, you know, and how do you, how do you deal with your kids? And how do you, I get a million questions from younger, uh, younger parents about, you know, how do you discipline your kids? Well, what do I do? You know, and I come from a different world. It's kind of, I think McConaughey talks about in his book is, you know, my, if I messed up, then, you know, depending on the scale of how I messed up, it can be anything from being grounded to go to my room, uh, a good talking to, to a belt across my back switch. And, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for every busting I got. I'm thankful for every time I got talked to. I'm thankful for, but it's now I am. And so, but you know, the reason I bring this up is you, know, you got to be careful in the moment. 
And and one thing I'll, I'll give my parents credit for a lot of things, but one of the big things is they never they never disciplined disciplined me disciplined me physically when they were mad. And you know the emotion had they'd gotten over the emotion, but they still needed to be consistent and teach the lesson, right? And in the lesson in this case, you know, was if you could be in by dark or you don't do this or, you know, you clean your room when I have asked you 10 times or whatever the case is. And it goes the same thing with, you know, not being overbearing with your children when you're trying to teach them a life lesson. And that's don't, don't let it happen when you're emotional. You're upset right now because you're like, dude, boy, what are you thinking? Right. Especially your mother's worked hard on doing this for you. And you, these are, right. there's a million things you could tell him right now. Right. But it's not the time. And don't do it when you're emotional, but don't do it when they're emotional about it. And that's let things settle and then strategically come up with a plan. And, and, and with the end result of the plan not being, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson that's emotional. It's what do I want this kid to learn from this moment? Right. What lesson and not don't not multiple lessons, one lesson. What's the one lesson that I want them to learn from this? And how am I going to teach it to them? And in what way, with time frames, with whatever, and think it through. And, and because when you do that, you're gonna, you know what? In this case, I need to be patient. And I need to be patient. And when he brings it up to me, maybe that's I don't know, whatever it is, but maybe the the strategy is when he brings it up to me then we'll talk about it. And, and when we talk about it, this is the lesson, this is what I'm gonna say, and this is how I'm gonna say it. Because if you thought it out, you're thinking it, thinking it through with the idea of the lesson, not with the emotion, yeah. right? And because at the end of the day, what we really want, we want our kids to learn something. We want them to learn life lessons. Kids are never gonna learn a life lesson from you yelling at them. Don't get me wrong, we need to be, as kids, we need to be yelled at every now and then. It happens, right? But that's an emotional state, and you know that's different. And so, you know, like all things we talk about in the podcast, is be strategic about it. You know, for me, like I just I learned over the years to say less. Yeah. You know, if you want to say a hundred things, say ten things. Yeah. And let let the emotion fade away, and then have the ability to again step away from it, come mm-hmm. back later, and then learn from it. And especially when you're dealing with somebody like that's very like you, like your kids are often yeah, like you yeah. and thinking that you're the gonna, hardest thing to do, right? If you're stubborn and you're going to dig in, they're going to be stubborn and they're going to dig in. And then it just becomes a battle of wills. Yeah. And I've known this thousand times over. Nobody wins at a battle of wills. Yeah. And, and one of the things you do well, and this is something that I would highly recommend and I didn't do this as well as you've done is instead of telling them what they do, ask them questions, think through, why do you think that happened? What, you know, what, when you did that, what did you think was gonna take place, right? What were your thoughts? Did you think it through? And when you ask the questions, what you're getting, getting them to do is answer those things to themselves and and the lessons sink in when they're saying it. It goes back to the negotiating stuff, right? right? Yeah. What You know you got them when they say, that's right. And all you've done is ask them questions, right? You haven't told them anything. And so, you know, the right questions at the right time are, what's going to lead them to learning the lessons they need without being overbearing because nobody ever thinks you're overbearing by asking questions unless they're asking a rude egotistical way. But you know, when you're just asking questions, you don't come across overbearing, but it's hard to do as a parent. I like it. 
and I know that we're short on time, so we probably need to sum this up. And I think probably the easiest way I would sum up this conversation about how do you be, how do you teach life lessons without being overbearing with your kids is you just don't have kids. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, not, uh, sadly, not enough people think that through before they do. Um, but with that being said, there's also, you know, Jamie's mom's always said, you never truly grow up until yeah. you have children because it's the first time in your life you have to be selfless. You know, unfortunately that should happen at marriage, but that doesn't happen. Yeah. But when you have a kid and that kid is completely reliant upon you f- to live, survive it, man, it changes your world. And, um, it's not a bad thing, but also the other, someone else told me is once you have kids, you never get rid of them. Yeah. They're, they're your kids and they're going to be your kids emotionally, financially, whatever fill in the blank they until just, you're dead. They right? just won't leave. Man. It's just the, that's just the way it is. And then they're going to be right. It's, it's the, it's the, uh, the, uh, I guess the cycle of parental life. Right? They always want something, food, shelter, clothing, you know, it's just, it, it, it gets get better. Job, it kid. gets better. It gets better. Um, but there's still, there's still something that your children want from you emotionally. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that's stability. Know that you're okay, that they're going to be okay. We all need that stable thing in our life that we can go to. And that's what parents are in a lot of cases, unless you had parents that weren't great. And that's a whole different story. Yeah. But that's, that's another podcast. Another yeah, day. We can do that one another day. Yeah, man. That's no, a fun one. Yeah, good. Hey, Getting thanks for your insight. In hey, and, and be sure and tell um, tell your son thanks for letting us use him as an example for most of our podcast. Um, I, I will share in thirty uh, percent of all his uh, future bills for um, counseling and therapy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because he's going to need them if he listens to these things. I know. Yeah. He's not going to listen to them. <laughs> he won't listen to them. <laughs> hey, and uh, good luck with uh, Lisa listening to the podcast about the uh, thing. Yeah, I've, I've stepped in it multiple times on this one. Yeah. You yeah, know. me and me and Dr. Weinstein are going to have all kinds of stuff to talk about next week. Lots of stuff. <laughs> all right, man. Enjoy right, it. Till next time. Thanks.